0: Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Mr. Clyde King. We pick it back up on the story he has around the apprentice that he lucked out and just happened upon. And if this is the first time you're listening to the Learnings and Missteps podcast, welcome and thank you for showing up. We're all about enhancing the image of careers and the trades, and we got a library of episodes for y'all to listen to. So after you finish this one, go back and catch part one. And then go back and catch the other ones and the other ones and the other ones, because there's a bunch of them. And keep coming back. We love having you here. And this part of the conversation has that real juicy nugget of the learning and misstep that Mr. Clyde had. He talks about ignoring his instinct and then it coming back and biting him in the behind. It's a good one. All my construction peeps out there, I know you've had this happen to you, so it may give you a little bit of flashbacks. This episode is releasing in the very, very beginning of June, which is an exciting time because we're going to be launching the Decentralized Conference coming up. It's going to be a virtual conference. I will be streaming exclusively on the Learnings and Missteps YouTube channel because guess what? We got us a YouTube channel. We're going to have a dozen construction influencers Six on Friday, six on Saturday, starting at 1 p.m. Central. You can pop in at any time when you show up. Leave us a comment. Let us know that you're there. Uh, And I'll be releasing here over the next week or so some some teasers about who's going to be there and what they're going to be talking about. Here we go to Mr. Clyde King.
1: They happen to be doing an orientation test for Hmm. a bunch of new apprentice. So I sat in to help the instructors just talking yeah. to them, watching their work. This kid aced everything. He's gonna be a real good apprentice. After he's done with his four years, he's gonna make a hell of a journeyman. So you seen him and you scooped him up, huh? You said, Hey, you well, yeah, I kind of looked into him. <laughs> he was gonna give his company a couple week notice when they called him and he was looking to get a couple week notice on when he could start rep called him and he happened to talk him into starting that next day. So he quit his job. Wow. The company backed out. Didn't no. need all these guys. So Mike calls me He goes, can you use Logan? I feel <laughs> really bad. And I said, hang on. I said, give me a couple minutes. Let me talk to the other guy. He goes, yeah, you can bring an apprentice in. Cause I was there by myself at the time. He goes, yeah. He says, we're going to start getting some more guys. So I called Mike. I said, yeah, tell him to be here in the morning. So I lucked into having him with me.
0: Wow. Wow. And so what is it about developing an apprentice that you appreciate most?
1: Being able to work with them and teach them how things are done and why they're done a certain way and watching them grow. Yeah. I've been fortunate since 2006. I've had two that I've pretty much worked with the whole way through their apprenticeship. Yeah. To watch them go out. And then I've had other ones that come in for a couple months with me and then boom, they're off to somewhere else. But Yeah. I like passing that knowledge on. I haven't figured out what I'm giving Logan yet. That last job I was on, I had two apprentices and one we were working with setting some doors and I've got an impact screwdriver that you snipe with the hammer. Yep, yep. I've got a bunch of them. When we finished up after I showed him how to use it in that one, he left me. I gave him one of those impact screwdrivers to carry with him. And yeah. then another one, I had to get the handsaw out. And I gifted him a handsaw to keep with him. Oh. But- that's something I'm going to try to keep doing as long as I'm out on the site, even if I'm a superintendent. If I got an apprentice, there on a the job, because especially a first year, they're starting out. Their tools are like brand new.
0: Oh, yeah. Pull
1: the wrappers off. Yeah, This is what gave me the idea for this. One retired carpenter had passed away. Mm-hmm. His family gifted a complete set of his tools to the apprenticeship to give to one of the apprentices. So they had a legacy to start with. That gave me the idea. You know what? I've got doubles and triples of mostly everything I use. So I'm going to try to keep when I've got an apprentice with me to give them a tool to stick so they have it for the next job.
0: Oh, that's amazing, Clyde. That is super, super amazing. What are some qualities that in an apprentice that help you decide, yeah, I'm going to pour into this kid?
1: the willingness to learn they've got to have that mindset that they definitely want to learn because i've had apprentices that seem like they're just there for the paycheck
0: yep do you and, have any like me that knew everything
1: oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i've worked with a couple journey with that they've known everything too that <laughs> all of a sudden they were like hey, that makes sense. Why are you doing it that way? Because this is the way it should be done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I work with Papa Juan. He was probably the second or third plumber that I worked with that wasn't my father. And he was retired. So he would only work like two or three days out of the week. And every time he came, they would put me to work with them. And man, that guy was, he was awesome. Great teacher. And he just set me straight real quick. I was probably third year apprentice. And just give it to me. I'll do it. Give me the plan. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. He said, hey, he said, look, Jess, I've forgotten more than you're going to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he said, yeah. I want to teach you some stuff and I'll teach you, but I need you to slow down, watch me, ask me questions and listen to what I'm telling you. He said, just do that today. And then let's talk about it. And I said, okay, whatever you want me to slow down. I'll slow down. And, man, there were a couple of little things that he showed me that I didn't have to work in a rush. And I was still able to get the same amount of work done. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, Mr. Juan, whatever you got, you, I'm, I'm listening.
1: <laughs> I think the first job I ran as a foreman, somewhere at the end of 93, 94. And I had one gentleman, we called him the door doctor when we'd be setting door frames and then swinging doors and doing all the closures i got to work with him on quite a few of my jobs and he showed me so many little tricks yeah for setting frames and so on and so forth corky's nickname the door doctor was well worth it i had to say that he's no longer with us i think he passed away in i think 2003 mm-hmm. or 2004 but that man was full of knowledge as far as doors and that. And I love doing door frames. I love doing cabinets. I love doing acoustical ceilings. My body's getting too old, beat up to be slinging drywall day in and day out, yeah. especially twelve <laughs> foot sheets when I'm five foot four. Oh and- my goodness, no! <laughs> That's hard on the body. But uh, yeah, had the opportunity to work with some very knowledgeable people over the years. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So apprentices out there, if you're listening, you may not know it, but that journeyman right now that's trying to pass on that knowledge, they got some skills. If you just be quiet for a little bit and listen, ask some questions, they can save you years of wear and tear on your body and make you faster, right? If you just pause and listen for a little bit. And so you got plenty, decades and decades, half a century almost of experience. And all kinds of stuff. So designing, you served as a Marine, race car, designing. I'm sure you did some race car racing also,
1: huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, you seen see my helmet back here behind me. I'd ran some unlimited go-kart stuff. I never did get into micro sprint. Okay. i have been in a full-blown sprint car and ran some four, rear-wheel drive four-cylinder stuff back in the day when the early 80s a lot of that's when you had the pinos and the mustangs and the guys were racing the four cylinder class. I drove them for a while. And then I just started turning wrenches and learning what makes them go fast to make with today's late models, just in the rear end alone, there's so many adjustments you can do with the four link. Cause when the car hikes up, the right rear tire goes backwards a little bit. And the left rear tire comes forward to put rear steer in the car. And then depending on the angle, depending on how much traction you're getting, you can either make yourself really fast or you can dial yourself right out of the ballpark. (laughs) You can't get out of your own way. But now my brother talked me into it. We get the second car done. We're going to try to run two cars with both of us driving.
0: That is exciting. So through all those learnings and all those experiences, my gut tells me you have at least one story one learning that was the result of a painful misstep. I'm very curious to see what that is.
1: I told you about the one, but the one <laughs> on the construction side, running a job and it was push, 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 push. And I'm looking at it. Like, it wasn't on the drawings, but we had all the ceilings in. A lot of them were hard lid. So I had to frame Drywall acoustical grid, and then hang the drywall on it. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they decided they needed a sprinkler system into place.
0: After yeah. you had rocked it.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> should have known better, but I was still young on running the crew at that time or as a superintendent. Yep. And it wasn't on the drawings, but I should have known by the specs as far as the fire marshal and everything that. Yeah, this whole area should have a sprinkler system. <laughs>
0: oh, so when that was happening, did you ever have that spidey sense that, man, something's off here?
1: Yeah, I was, like I said, it seemed not right, but by the drawings, it wasn't there. One of the things, sometimes they always say build to the drawings, but then sometimes the drawings will bite you in the ass.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yes. There's an interesting thing. I've worked on a few hotels And so I'm a plumber, right? So I know they got an ice maker every so many floors, some places, some have them on every floor. And a couple of times they had the water supply, they had the ice machine, but they had no floor drains for them. And I'm like, that's dumb, but that's what the drawings show. And then guess what?
1: (laughs) Back, it was late nineties. Like I said, I was brought up. With an architect. Yeah. I've known about when you're detailing everything, you're doing your vellum paper, you're doing overlays to make sure things will line up as far as your toilet flanges and so on and so forth. Yep. I'm laying this job out to help the plumber. Fresh concrete floor, probably, oh, I'd say about a 50,000 square foot floor. Okay. In and out. For an assisted living home. So I'm chalking lines. And he's getting ready to cord drill. The first two toilet flanges. Right into a bar joist.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: So I called the architect. Can you move the wall? Yeah. I bet there was 15 or 20 of them on that floor. This is the- a young architect. I was like. Didn't you do an overlay. To check with the structural steel. He goes honest to God. His words, "What's an overlay?"
0: Oof, yeah.
1: I was like, "You're kidding me!" (laughs) I was taught that in high school (laughs) (laughs) during my mechanical drawing class. (laughs) But now, in today's technology with BIM and that, and you can do the 3D modeling, you can eliminate ninety percent of them if everybody's paying attention.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Again, back to the technology. I remember. I thought I was hot stuff because we created like a, a light box, right? We'd get a light and create a box, put some laminate over it, and we'd layer the drawings, yep. with the light under it, so we could see what was going on there. And then I was extra fancy because I would highlight my drawings with highlighter, give my systems different colors. And, man, now everything's in 3D, and you can navigate and zoom around in it. It's a little frustrating He's, to you wait still for get that. into
1: issues with that.
0: Sure. But here's the thing. I've threatened people with my 24 inch pipe wrench before. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say people, I'm talking about sheet metal, ductwork, electricians, pipe sprinkler guys, because of the conflicts, the design conflicts. It wasn't because I didn't like them most of the time. It was because these design conflicts, we were fighting, like fighting. Back in the day, we used to throw down on the Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know that. (laughs) And nowadays, with that technology, even though it's not perfect, that kind of emotional burden or strain on the human being, a lot of it is reduced. There's still clashes. There's still problems. But not like it used to be. I used to get up there and go to town with my storm drain or my domestic water mains. Come back a couple days later to start testing it. And they cut stuff out of my line because they wanted to run their duck through it or whatever it was. It's what the hell's going on here again? Because it was a lack of clash detection. It was just kind of field verify and figure it out.
1: Everybody was fighting for that real estate above the acoustical ceiling. (laughs) And then they'd lower everything down to work. There was quite a few jobs that I literally had to put the ceiling tile in as I was putting the grid together because of the clearance issue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. I wonder if there's ever going to be that one project that it just it all clicks and flows together. I've seen some come again, huge focus on the coordination during design and through BIM and et cetera. And it's gotten better, but, man, there's still a lot of room, a lot of room for improvement to make those things better.
1: Like you saw, today's random thought was about the traditional project method, design, build. Yep. Tomorrow's about an IPD.
0: Ah. The
1: next day is about CMAR, and then Thursday's about a regular design build. Okay. With the IPD and the CMAR, you can eliminate a lot of that. If you get the contractors in that in early enough in the design phase to talk about products, clearances, yep. and everything else as the design's going on. Now it doesn't work on every job. Yep. But people are gonna start finding out that construction manager at risk or a true IPD is going to change the way we build things.
0: Yes. And yes. I'm a
1: firm believer to get the general contractor, his site superintendent minimum in there extremely early to talk about things.
0: Absolutely. The people that are going to be putting their hands on the damn thing, the earlier we can get them involved, rather, not just like planning it out but building relationships amongst each other. Yes. That's the thing, because ain't nothing going to be perfect. We're going to have weather. We're going to have material shortages. We're going to have labor shortages. We have all kinds of stuff that impacts every single project. But when we have healthy relationships, we can work through those things together. Yeah. As opposed to it's your fault. No, it's your
1: fault. No, it's your fault. Yeah. You've got to be able to be open thinking wise. Yes. And be able to adapt daily.
0: Daily, <laughs> hourly.
1: <laughs> I've been improvising and adapting daily with this company. Because yeah. they've got a couple jobs going. They're only using us on this one. There's times that I get in there in the morning, right? 6 6.30 because even though we're not starting to 7, I'm a firm believer. The foreman that should be there 30 minutes early. Yep. The one, go walk the site check to make sure you get the tool trailer unlocked. There's quite a few times where they've hijacked tools that I was planning on using that day to take them over to the other job. So I've had to adapt.
0: Oh man, Mr. Clyde, I know you've had a huge impact in just a short period of me interacting with you on social media. And you've been on this world and in the trades for a very long time. So I'm wondering, what footprint do you intend to leave on the world?
1: I hope to leave a legacy where I can get everybody's mindset to be in a learning mindset, to cooperate and adapt out on the site. Hopefully I've got three years till I can retire, but I'm hoping to continue on in like a consulting type role. Yeah. Maybe open my own consulting business where I can go travel and talk to people. So, who knows, i got 10 years plus left.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've already started sharing that knowledge out there. So I know you're on LinkedIn. What other platforms are you using right now?
1: I can't remember if my Instagram account's still active or not, but <laughs> I haven't done TikTok. I'm working to getting some of my stuff over to YouTube. I've got my own Facebook page, which is just Clyde King. That's okay. mainly family stuff and then race team stuff because we have... A race team fan page there. And I also started King Brothers Motorsports page on LinkedIn that I'm working at getting some stuff up onto there. A couple different areas. People talking to me about getting a podcast going and it's in the works, but not sure (laughs) where to go with it. Like right now, I'm trying to upload my Construction Talks Unfiltered, which is like my podcast type thing. I haven't had any guests yet, but it's just me talk more in depth on stuff with my random thoughts, I'm trying to get a few of them uploaded onto YouTube.
0: I am inspired and I applaud you for the way that you have embraced and leveraged technology, social media, all the stuff, particularly because you're doing it to transfer knowledge. You're doing yeah. it to give back to the trades and the industry that afforded you a pretty, pretty awesome life oh, yeah. and, and sharing that with our youth as they continue to come in did you have a good time today sir oh yeah had a blast good good
1: Hayden had me on built with build okay and I think it posted in January then Walker and Davis had me on and now to this one so yeah we're rocking and rolling having a good time
0: that's amazing man the snowball starts building and building yeah. again it's the body of work that you've produced I mean for me of course, I always want to interview folks that have built a career in the industry. And then it's like an extra special treat for me to interview and share with the L&M family folks that are actually contributing and doing something more to leave this industry better than they found it. So thank you and for that, sir.
1: One thing we didn't touch on, like you've noticed my construction talks unfiltered always have music of some sort. Yep. There's a reason for that. I've been a musician since I was probably eight or nine. That's what I did with the Marines. I was in the United States Marine Drum and Bugle Corps. Oh, so I was stationed out of 29 Palms. And we traveled with the field unit. And then the drum corps, the only one of the drum and bugle corps that are left is the Commandant's own at 8th and I. All the other field units have been disbanded just Mm. for cutbacks from everything else. Yeah, music's a big part of my life. Music is such a universal thing to change a mood, to help somebody's train of thought. But that's the reason behind always being some music of at least an intro or like me acting like a fool trying to play Elwood blues.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. hundred percent. I love the way you pointed out that it can change the mood or inspire a mood because yeah. it totally can and it brings back memories just like
1: that. Mr. Clyde, I appreciate your time today. Not a problem. It was a pleasure. I had a good time.
0: Oh man, that Clyde is an awesome, awesome dude. He really does inspire me the way he's navigating learning. Seems to have always been upskilling throughout his life and his career in construction. I'm wondering, were you as surprised as I was to find out that like he's a rocker, a percussionist? I had no idea. And that's just another example of like all our construction professionals out there. At first glance, it's easy to to paint a dull picture of who they actually are. But when we spend the time to get to know them and listen to them. Uh, we find out all the amazing stories behind their life. So go out there and connect with the construction professional because there's some pretty awesome, inspiring people. And you know what? If you struggle with connecting with people, I know of a group that is practicing some pretty awesome stuff that really helps deep and meaningful connection. And most of all, just drives miles and miles of self-awareness. And that's the emotional bungee jumpers. I invite you to check them out. There's links down there in the show notes. And because you're a member of the l family, if you click on that link and use the coupon code JESSE uh, with no I, J-E-S-S-E, you get yourself a little discount. Love to have you be a part of the crew. And remember, sharing is caring. So, I invite you to share this episode or this podcast with your people, the folks that you think it's gonna provide some value to. Be cool and we'll talk at you next time yes. Oh my goodness, you're either driving down the road or just so enthralled with the, with this whole podcast that you went all the way down to the very, 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 very end of it. And we appreciate you. We just, we're going to take this as an indication of your dedication. So we got a little special request of you. A call to action. Because everybody tells us that like you need to have a call to action. So here's the call to action. Be kind to yourself. Go out there and share a smile with someone.